So you wanna know how to fix your tendinopathy. Well, in this episode, we are going deep. We are gonna explain everything that you need to know about what is commonly called tendinitis. This is a really, really important show if you're suffering with joint pain, especially in the knees and forearms or elbows. All that and more coming up. What's up everyone? My name is Rad Burmeister. In case we haven't met, I am one of the co-founders of Unity Gym and the co-creators of the UMS, the Unified Movement System, where we take driven people and turn them into superhumans. And if the reason why we get such amazing results with our members is because we've created a program that has a perfect balance between strength and flexibility. It's very unique. And if you want to know how we do it, you can get started by downloading one of the free blueprints. We've got the flexibility blueprint, the strength blueprint, and the new nutrition blueprint all in the description of this video you can get it for free now as always i am joined by phil white aka dr phil our resident physiotherapist who is going to be delivering a kick-ass week all about tendinopathy how you doing phil yeah good exciting um i feel like you know because i gave you guys the callus i gave you the coaching calisthenics yeah, yeah, and you yeah. the goal setting now i'm getting rewarded by talking about yeah, all my yeah. favorite things so pain science last week tendinopathy this week yeah yeah uh, yeah everything's coming up phil yeah that's so. right and this is a this is a topic the reason why i'm on this show is because this is near and dear to my heart i had a tendinopathy which i thought was called tendinitis uh golfer's elbow uh so medial epicondylitis uh, meaning on the medial side of the arm um and uh, which is more to the center line if you don't know what medial is medial is more to the center line lateral is further from the center line and uh it it stopped me dead in my tracks. I got to a point where I couldn't even hang from a pull-up bar and go like that without being in excruciating pain. Then I got over that. It took me about nine, probably nine to 12 months to get over it. Uh, and then another six months of, you know, gradually increasing the, um, uh, the load tolerance. And then shortly after that, maybe a year or so, I got lateral epicondylitis, what's known as tennis elbow. And if it wasn't for this man here, I would not have gotten over it because I really had no idea how to deal with it. So uh, if here he is today, I'm just really going to be making sure that he doesn't go too far down the rabbit hole and try and keep it a little bit simplified and maybe answer some questions that he wants to ask me about my experience. Take it away, Phil. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's an important place to start by just having a, um, there's been a few different words thrown around there for the same condition. And it's definitely a really confusing one that I didn't quite understand until, um, yeah, I got into, into physio school about uh, What's, what is tendonitis, what is, you know, these epicondylitis, these different words to describe pretty much the same issue. So um, I guess it's been a, it's a really interesting and changing sort of place with uh, tendinopathy. So, um, but the big thing is that we've landed on the, the term tendinopathy because it, uh, I guess, helps describe um, what's going on there a, a bit better than tendonitis. So just to, um, with itis, with all medical words, they always mean something. So with itis, it means that there's an inflammatory component to the condition. So generally with inflammatory components, you mean you just, uh, you know, let the inflammation run its course, maybe give it a bit of ice to settle things down again and you can be on your way. But I think if anyone's had these issues before, they realize it doesn't quite work like that. And uh, there's something that sticks around for a lot longer than mm. something you'd usually mm. think of just being is a bit inflammatory. So, um, so itis is something that can be fixed with ice. Uh, not, it does, not necessarily, <laughs> but uh, yeah. it, you, you're probably um, yeah. I was going to say that that makes perfect sense to me now. But you just you, 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 you floored me. Go the Niners! Woo! <laughs> Super Bowl Monday or Sunday. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Yanni gave me this big spiel about why Rad was doing the show and not him, and I think it's just because he's he's watch pretty much watching the Super Bowl <laughs> on his computer back up there. So yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I know that might like this kind of di- like distinguishing with the words might be a bit meaningless for some people, but if you've watched this show long enough, you know that I get really particular about the way we use our words because it does inform so much about our understanding of how we. Um, yeah. Whereas I, on the other hand, go, oh, I can't remember the name of that, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so the other uh, word that sometimes gets thrown around a bit is uh, tendinosis. And so osis is kind of more referring to a degenerative disease. So they kind of thought, oh, no, it's not inflammatory. It's more like, you know, arthritis for your tendons or something like that. So tendinosis was kind of used there for a while. So um, I'm just trying to get all these terms that, you know, if people have ser- tried to Dr. Google themselves before, mm-hmm. they might be searching for. So, yeah, with tendinosis, they thought it was like totally a degenerative thing. And it was like arthritis. Um but they've kind of landed on uh, somewhere in the middle where there's like they've kind of started to realize that there are inflammatory components and there are sort of generative components, but it, yeah, we've, we've landed on 10 and off the end. That's what we're mm. going to go through from there. And I've, <laughs> I think I've self-taught myself that the word ectomy must mean removal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it means to cut something out. All right, because I had a hemorrhoidectomy three weeks ago yeah. and they cut the hemorrhoids out of my butt. Yeah. And then I just had two days ago, a nailectomy. Yeah. Where they I got ripped really... the goddamn nail off my foot because I had an ingrown toenail. I toe didn't nail. make it to the end of one of those sentences there, so sorry if I was a bit garbled. <laughs> if you, I just if you could and... see my big toe right now, on yeah. Friday they ripped the nail off yeah. with pliers. So mid mid-sentence and then just looked down and saw his gross toenail. So sorry if I've got a bit of uh, word so, salad there. So are we t- we're talking about knee uh, tendinopathy today. Yeah, I thought it would be right? a good place to start because yeah. tendinopathy is such a broad thing. It... Um, like you can get tendinopathies in you know most parts of your um, most parts of your body, and so I thought we'd start with um, patella, so knee um, tendinopathy, just because it's something that's probably quite uh, related to the gym population that we'd get watching this show. And I know everyone wants to know about the uh, medial forearm tendinopathy that that you mentioned that you've had a problem with, but I thought I'd start with the knee because there's like pretty much all the research is in uh, lower limb stuff. And so I've been doing sort of a deep dive and trying to like learn from all the different experts in, in tendinopathy and they all talk about lower limb. So, so I thought it'd be a good place to start. Yeah, and then for sure. I'll keep for digging sure. deeper into finding Well, And a lot of people get it. A lot of people oh, yeah, um, huge. talk about knee pain. So, yeah, Richie, so, Richie behind the camera. Yeah. Um, he's been, uh, yeah, he's yeah. had a bit of tendinopathy for a long time and it can yeah. be really tricky when you're trying to, you know, achieve goals in the gym. Yeah, um, yeah. So talk us through the symptoms. What kind of symptoms are we yeah, talking Yeah, well, maybe about? it'd be a good place to start with what is a tendon. Okay. Um, just to get really broad, because sometimes get people get a bit yeah, confused. I, love it. I think I between like ligaments, tendons. What's I'm the a, difference? I'm a I'm a trainer, and I've been uh, trained in this stuff, and I still love hearing you talk about it because yeah, your it knowledge is bit, so much deeper than mine. It just so. gets a bit confusing. So um, with all the different terms, so with ligaments, remember that ligaments are attaching bones to bone. So there's no kind of active component there. It's just sort of like you've um, you've got these things that are just keeping the bones attached. So you can't, no matter how hard you think about it, you can't like move your ligaments around. Uh, it'd be pretty cool if you could you could do some weird weird stuff there. But uh, so a tendon is what attaches. And they're not elastic, are they? Ligaments. Uh, it it like they're, they're very limited, very limited, very diff. limited elasticity. But then there's some uh, depending on people. So like with all things humans, there's so much variety. Yeah, and so some people have um, it's basically a spectrum of how um, loose and lax your ligaments can be and how elastic they can be. Yeah. And so there's like the really far end of the spectrum is like Ellis Danlos syndrome, um, which is kind of related to tendinopathy as well if you've got this um, syndrome where you basically get a whole lot more sort of laxity um, whereas for other people on the very end of the spectrum they have like super rigidity in their, in their ligaments so yep. yeah there's a big spe- spectrum yep. um, and so now with tendons tendons are what attaches muscles to bones so 
whenever you're moving, what is happening is you've got these muscles that are, um, I guess, going back and forth um, and sliding contracting and filament. relaxing. Yeah, they're, yeah. Yep, they're sliding the, sliding the filaments along to um, produce force. And if they weren't attached to a bone, nothing would move. So the ligaments, sorry, the so, tendons. So it's where the muscle, the big bulk of the muscle comes down to a very small point and connects onto yeah, the bone. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And usually if you've, most people would have seen sort of anatomy um, posters or maps or whatever those things you see in the physio rooms when you go in. It's the kind of white bit that attaches yeah. into the bone. <laughs> and so for those of you that don't know, and I'll see if I'm, I'm getting this right, tendons generally have a, a lower blood supply than muscle. Yeah, that's exactly right. And they go through the most load for a muscle because all of the load of all the muscle fibers has to hit that tendon to, to produce force, yeah, exactly which right. is one of the, th those are two of the factors as to why tendinopathy is something that occurs. Is that right? Yeah, and, and, and why it can be sort of so tricky to um, to heal because yeah. uh, we've talked a bit about meniscus before and um, areas where you don't get much blood supply are generally going to take a bit longer to change um, because you're not kind of getting this turnover of nutrients and, and everything. So um, yeah, that's certainly true of the tendons. What tendons are, it's mostly, uh, I guess, like inert collagen fibers. So th collagen fibers are, are basically like um, uh, the, the kind of scaffolding that, that you have them in your, your muscles and everywhere, but they uh, are really just like a strong, able to take tensile force really well. And these guys have, a, um, and in the tendons, you get a lot more stretch as well. So with the tendon, a large part of what they do, especially in the lower limb is about um, energy storage and release. So what that means is basically they act like springs. And so the human body is really clever in making itself really efficient. Um, so if you, didn't have these springs and we'd have to put in way more meta like you'd have to use many more calories to burn um, kilojoules in Australia to uh, get that same amount of propulsion but if you have a spring you're not putting any mm -hmm. um, metabolic effort into that so you, you get this great efficiency so mm -hmm. for your Achilles that's a, an example of a, a, um, a structure that is just yeah this big giant spring that you know is kind of recreated and when you see like Oscar Pistorius in the um, mm -hmm. or the Paralympians and yeah they basically just replace it with this an actual yeah, spring, yeah, but yeah, we've yeah. got that in our body through mm -hmm. um, tendons. Yep. So. so that's what a tendon is. So mm -hmm. do you want to talk us through what the symptoms would be felt of... Uh, so we're talking... So uh, knee tendonitis or patella tendonitis, are we talking about the tendons of the uh, quadricep? Yeah, so if you're looking at... With the patella ten tendonopathies, it's usually kind of below the knee. So mm -hmm. um, the knee cap is called the patella. And so at the uh, closest towards your foot, you get your patella tendon, and then you have your quadricep tendon attaches onto the top of your kneecap, mm -hmm. so um, closer to your hips. Mm -hmm. So uh, you don't generally get that kind of quadricep tendon um, tendinopathy. It's not so common. Um, but the patella tendinopathy, where your patella, all the muscles of your, your quads go down into your kneecap, and then they're all producing force just through that uh, really quite a narrow tendon going from the, the, the bottom part of your patella into your shin into so you can see yeah. how there's just so much muscular force production that's um going on in your quads yeah it's all like point, kind of yeah. put into that that um that kneecap and then all of that then goes through this this yep. little tendon yep. and so you might if you've been paying attention be a bit confused there because uh when we talked about what a ligament and what a tendon is like a ligament is attaching bone to bone and in this case it's your patella going into your shin, which yep. you'd think that's that's bone to bone. Yeah, but the patella is considered a floating bone, isn't it? Yeah, so it's yeah. called a sesamoid bone, which is basically, yeah, it's that floating, um, it, it's there to act as like a um, extra sort of fulcrum to yep. um, be able to increase the, the force. Yep. But yeah, yep. so just 
for those playing at home. Uh, yeah, that's we're still counting this as a the patella tendon. So, so the pain's going to be experienced under the kneecap. That's that's what. The, uh, generally not. So this is where you, you're going to get. Well, when you say under, I guess there's okay, different uh, of below um, inferior. Yeah, so below the kneecap, so yep. further towards your feet. So that, just that little bit that sticks out of your um, tensor quads. Yep. So, um, but if it's underneath the actual kneecap, as if you push straight down, like into your body on your kneecap, and you were feeling pain under there, then that's often a bit different. There can be things on the um, the cartilage on the underside of your patella, or mm -hmm. there's fat pads and all sorts of different stuff. So it's, it is really important uh, that you go and see someone who's um, knows what they're talking about and can really identify things here. So. Um, Are there any tests that anyone can do at home um, that, uh, like, if people are suspecting that they might have, um, is it, yeah. so what are we calling it, patella tendinosis? Tendinopathy. Tendinopathy. <laughs> Look at that, <laughs> okay. see? Stuffed it up already. Yeah, is, I mean, but is that what you call it, patella tendinopathy? Yeah, ten, yeah exactly. Yeah. So is there any test that anyone can do at people home? People also might have heard of jumper's knees, sometimes what people refer yeah. to this as. Um, but... Yes, the, there's some general characteristics which are really classic for tendinopathy. And generally that is that uh, it likes getting warmed up. So if you that have a, a, some pain in your knee that when you first start out and you're like, you know, maybe you wake up early, you go to the gym and like the, you know, even yeah, walking yeah, up as soon as steps you start and, moving, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, you really feel like that kind of stiff soreness around your knee. And then as you warm up, it gets better. That's generally making you think, okay, this is probably tendinopathy. Whereas if you have like patella patellofemoral pain syndrome where you've got like um, I guess the passive structures in there that are um, you know getting more and more aggravated as you um, are training and it's getting worse throughout the session then you're probably moving away from the thinking it's tendinopathy and more towards like a different thing in your knee mm -hmm. or like a meniscus that you keep on aggravating and yep. that gets worse and worse and worse yeah, yeah. so that's one kind of classic thing about tendinopathy um, another one is that uh, the next day often like when you wake up first thing you'll get feedback on the day before yeah, so if you've really right. overdone it yeah. then it's quite classic to kind of wake up and feel like whoa yeah. <laughs> so to sum that up uh you go to the gym you're walking up the stairs to the gym and you're like oh man there's some pain yeah. here and you do your first couple of sets and you're like oh man this is no good but yeah. then you're like oh wow this is fine let's go for it and then you get up the next morning and you're like oh my god it's worse yeah that's, is that would that be a good summary yeah of what that's, you've just that's, said? that's yeah. often the case yeah. and um, that's exactly what i experienced with my tendonitis yeah. i'd be like <laughs> you know why? Because we spend so many years calling it tendonitis, no, 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 exactly. and we've made so many videos where we called it tendonitis. No, no, sure. So tendinopathy, and I was like, um, I'd, I'd start my workout, and I'd be like, Jesus, man, this is really painful. And then I'd be like, yeah. Well, hang on a minute, I'm going for it. And then yeah. the next day, I'd be like, Oh my god, I'm in agony, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I can really relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's kind of one of the really common things that make you think like, Okay, this is probably. Um, yeah, patella tendinopathy. Yeah. The other thing is quite generally quite localized, so you don't kind of get this diffuse all around your knee pain. It's yeah, usually it's just really like isolated, pinpoint on the spot. Yep. Yeah. So yep. that's kind of one of those yep. things that. So you've, uh, if anybody out there is watching and they're going, "That's me, that's me, that's me," and they, you know, they're suspecting that this is what they've got. What should they do? Uh, well, first off, go and talk to someone who knows what they're, knows what they're doing, yeah. doing with, with tendinopathy up to date on everything and um, get it diagnosed. That's just like step one, really important because uh, when we're going to go into, I guess, how to uh, treat this, it's uh, quite different to if you were treating, you know, like a meniscus pain or, or something like that. So uh, just with two things that I just want to also point out with tendons is that 
as I said, the energy storage and release, that spring-like mechanism is, is a really key component to what's happening in tendinopathy. So why I kind of mentioned jumper's knee before is that it's really common in people who've played a, like a lot of jumping sports, so basketball or, um, or in volleyball. And so one really key, yeah, I'm going to pause here and say just yet, yeah, the big thing that I want people to understand about tendinopathy is that you might have the pathology. So if you were to um, cut open your leg and have a look at the tendon or you get imaging, probably more likely, um, and you had imaging, it's quite likely that you have some level of pathology, so some change in that tendon, um, but it doesn't always mean that you that is symptoms. actually causing you any problem yeah. at all. So mm -hmm. um, with volleyball, it's a really classic um, one where they did some studies on it where they looked at like, you know, a whole bunch of collegiate uh, volleyball players and, and they had, you know, uh, it was like 20, 25% of the players had these these changes in their knees, but mm -hmm. it was not necessarily the fact that, um, it, like there was a few that had pain, but it really didn't correlate to the amount of um, changes in your in your knee. So it used to be people would think like, oh no, you've got ten off the, you're done for life. But you know, it's it's kind of what the body does to protect that area because the um, the thing that causes <coughs> tendinopathy is a mismanagement of load. So, <coughs> Basically, if you go above your body's capacity, that's when this tendinopathy um, kind of uh, cascade of events happens, which causes these changes in your tendons. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be talking more about the treatment of tendinopathy in the days to come this week, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll briefly mention it now is that um, what we want to do is we want to make the tendons stronger. Yeah, so that's the that's the big one. The big mistake that people make is like, oh, I'll rest it and it'll go yeah, away. Yeah, I feel yeah, and I made yeah. that mistake. We all did. I remember Yanni and Richard did the same thing when we didn't understand tendinopathy as much as we do now. Yeah. After we've, we've I remember had there was a while here. when you guys had the the elbow tendinopathy that uh, it seemed like you're all resting and doing this with your elbows, yeah. with your wrists. Yeah. And so when we think about what uh, and for those what, listening to the podcast, uh, going you know back and forth with your wrist to try and like loosen up, I guess the area. Um, you know, it might, like that's kind of like an active rest, I guess, but the thing that makes tendons uh, strengthen up and become capable of the loads you're trying to put on them is training. It's about getting them getting them stronger. And yeah. so if you spend your time resting, as I've talked about capacity and load before, um, your capacity is basically the level your body can handle before it then starts to um, struggle. And, and basically if you decrease your load, so how much um, training you're putting into um, that area and you keep decreasing and de keep decreasing it with rest then your capacity will shrink as well yeah and anytime you then try and get back to yeah where you were before um, where you, you were just, before you can just it, yeah gonna and that's going to start that cascade again yeah. yeah so benji is saying here uh benji's a member of our gym he's saying i need to book an appointment with phil this week i promise <laughs> um what you also need to do benji is spell need without a k uh need is just <laughs> i'm just uh, giving benji some stick because he's a I'm pretty sure need with a K is how yeah, you need yeah, yeah, to do, right? I know. Yeah, I was just trying yeah. to think of some joke about yeah. how I should have like a booking system. Cool. So we've only got uh, five minutes left, Phil. Is uh, and and for those of you that are watching, a couple of things. First, make sure you smash that like button and leave a comment with your name uh, and where you're watching from, so we can give you a shout out. But also understand that we're doing a week on this, so this is the introduction to tendinopathy. Um, so what do you want to uh, give for your final thoughts, Phil, for the last uh, last five minutes? Yeah, well, I'm gonna make it really clear that last point we talked on that is a, and it's an issue of, of getting that load right. So if you just rest, that's gonna make things, um, yeah, not not get better. Um, 
it'll, it'll make the pain go away, <laughs> maybe. Exactly. And I experienced that. But then when you start to try and train and again, you'll experience it'll just come. Yeah, and I think like, like a really key thing that I want to get across is that um, you know a lot of people sort of find out they have tendinopathy from going and getting imaging because they've had this pain for a while, and then GPs are like, oh yeah, we'll scan it and have a look. And then people think like, oh no, I've got this tendinopathy, and that this is going to stop me from doing things in the future. But when you again, as I mentioned with the collegiate volleyball study, and when you look at like every pro basketballer, every volleyball player, like if you've done, if you've used your body in your life, you're going to have these changes and that's okay because uh, I, I haven't had a chance to go deep into the, uh, I guess the changes, all the kind of scientific things that happen in you, like all the physiological changes that happen in the, in the tendon. Cause I think, you know, Brad's really trying to keep me on, on course here, but uh, basically your, your body figures it out and it starts to make things stronger. And as long as you're applying a like reasonable load and you're progressively overloading and getting things stronger in a way that you're not gonna just suddenly flare things up, but you're gonna give it some time and, and, and bring it back to build up its capacity, then you've got a tendon that isn't fragile, it's not weak, you're gonna be able to, um, yeah do the things you want to do. It's funny because this stuff that you're saying is so simple once you actually, once you hear someone with your level of knowledge explaining this, for me, I kind of go, wow, that is so simple. It's such a simple way of, of, of uh, approaching things, but to actually apply it, if you're, if you don't have the level of training that somebody like me or you has, it's, it's not so easy because you need to know what exercises are going to be right yep. for you and how exactly. you manage that load. But once you understand that a lot of people, you know, come to us with this fear of, oh, you know, I've got this injury and it's never going to go away. And now that I have learned so much about something like tendinopathy and I know how to deal with it, it just seems like it seems so simple to me. So for a lot of you that are watching, if you've been banging your head against a wall for ages, just not being able to deal with your tendinopathy, um, this week of shows is going to be highly valuable to you. So make sure you stick around. Yeah. And, and I think you're really right there. Like it, it seems almost like frustrating how simple it is, but like, you know, a lot of people kind of, I think they would just, they want some like magic hands massage thing that will like break up some scar tissue yeah, or something yeah. or they want like an electric kind of stimulating machine that will like yeah, zap it back into existence but yeah I think the you know I think there's so much power in the fact that you know a lot of this just does come down to you know figuring out that load management it's totally against human nature because what we want is some you know quick fix and what we want is like you know uh yeah, well, it's to, the way it, we've learned to deal with things in the Western yeah. world, isn't it? We, if we have a problem, we go to a doctor to fix, to give us some pills, or we go to a, a masseuse or a physio to massage us and make us better. And um, yeah, it's I guess it's just not that way, is it? Yeah, and so uh, I think this uh, that last point on on imaging is that like if you uh, I guess did someone did suspect it was tendinopathy and then they image you and they find that there's no change in the tendon, it's very unlikely that the tendon is causing your um, is causing your pain. So it might be somewhere like look elsewhere. But apart from that, if you were to come and see me, like there's kind of no reason why I'd send off your imaging because mm. it's very much about is this pain load related. So yep. um, that's, I guess, that going back to what I was trying to get to before with when you can figure out it's tendinopathy is like if you increase load, does it make it worse? <laughs> yeah. So that might mean it with a with a knee, if you go down into a, a single leg squat without weight, it's like a bit sore, and then you do um, uh, down into a double, uh, like a, a single leg one, and then you add some weight, um, and then you add an explosive component, it should just like track proportionally yep. the, the pain through there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how you can think if you've got it, but then talk to a professional, uh, and then the way that we're yeah, gonna fix it is just that simple pr progressive overload, but finding a 
finding the right start point is the, the yeah. challenging thing. Yeah, and it is. It, the, the finding the right start point and understanding how to do this is uh, is very challenging. And we've had a lot of people um, over the last year or so since we've been doing these live shows ask us, how do I rehabilitate my knee pain? Um, and for that exact reason, for the amount of questions that we had, we actually created a program uh, called the Knee Rehab Program, um, which you can uh, get from us. You can purchase. If anybody wants to just leave a comment, um, it, it, and it is a very cost-effective way of having a, a very well-written program that was written with Phil helping us um, so that we could create a program that would, uh, you know, help the majority of, of knee problems. So. Yeah, so that was for the majority of knee problems, and I think it would be really important uh, to, to do one specific to tendons because it, it is quite different because what we want to um, – kind of do is I guess a lot of people sort of used to think like oh he said I mean isometrics were the key for all tendon problems and so everyone would do isometrics and then mm. kind of not get to that like next step or there yeah, was a while where yeah. eccentrics were everything and so everyone was yeah. doing eccentrics for everything um, but now it's sort of uh, uh, there's a more nuanced understanding of like it's about people's goals for one mm-hmm. um, it's about getting people back to like having a certain thing in mind because if you need to get that explosive um, stretch shorten spring like stuff back in it and you're only doing isometrics and you're not going to uh, yeah, be able to right. get there if you're not um, mm-hmm. you're not training that um, and the other thing with with our training that we'll be going through um, showing some examples is uh, heavy slow resistance is a lot of what um, is recommended now because again with that stretch shorten cycle that spring like mechanism if you're um, doing things really slowly then the tendon doesn't actually mind it and you can yeah. really load it up and you can start to promote some change so yeah. um, that's what we'll be yeah going into with the tendon specific awesome. uh, programming so uh, the good. last thing to think about is with tendons is that the other thing that they, so they really get challenged with that spring-like mechanism they also get really challenged by compression so mm-hmm. if you're going into really deep positions in your knee and you're getting a lot of compression being basically the teller pushing back into your your leg and and squishing that sort of space that can be a thing that can really slow things down so in the last couple of weeks we talked um i guess about the uh kind of available range and and for this example might be a good time to um, lessen the range slightly and um just take some of that compression off but Perfect. We'll get stuck into that when we get on the gym floor, hey? Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you guys got something good out of that. Uh, thanks for tuning in, Benji. Um, and uh, everybody else that tuned in, thank you. Uh, if you've made it this far, please hit that like yeah. button. and um, rapid fire information there. So I hope it wasn't too much and there was some direction in there. Oh, but, there was, man. Know. It was unreal. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, I love hearing you talk about this stuff. It's, uh, it's unreal. Yeah. And I think it's a, such a good one just to finish off um, following on from last week's pain talk because uh, more and more with the understanding of tendinopathy, it does come down to how you also think about and manage your pain throughout these. So um, there are the factors of just the, um, the what's happening in the body parts, but it's also about what's happening in your brain as well. So as we go forward, we'll be harking back to last week's work on, on pain. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful day, everyone. And we will see you tomorrow where we're going to go deeper into tendinopathy. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. 
There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.